Buckets, the podcast for degenerates like us who love to watch basketball, drink beer, have a good time, hang out. Part of the Basketball Podcast Network where you can get the latest on your favorite NBA, NCAA teams. I'm your host, Connor Caldwell, joined by Dal Harmon. Dal, how you doing? Good. Uh, hanging out at a buddy's place in Denver uh, on my trip across America. I'm going to San Diego in a couple of days. Um, but no, so I'm doing well. Had a half day today. So instead of drinking a beer while we record where I am drinking it while I'm working, I am technically still on PTO at the moment. So it's just drinking while in the morning. Um, so that's nice. Yeah. 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 Doing well. Basketball's <laughs> great. Um, we actually, you doing the intro made me realize we need to do like an NBA, like catch up. We're about a yeah. fourth of the way through the NBA season. So we need to talk that because we haven't talked that as much now that we're into the college season. So. Yeah, we definitely need to get back on the NBA stuff. Maybe we'll have an NBA guest on and do yeah. more exclusive NBA stuff. But in the meantime, we're talking college. So top news, ACC beat the Big Ten in their conference challenge. A lot of games that were good, a lot of games that were bad. What did you What did you think of it? Um, first and foremost, Wade got the win against Wisconsin, which not only is it good, but it also exercises the demons for Kentucky losing to them. Uh, but no, like looking back on it, that might be Wake's best road win in the last like decade, at least since I've been a fan. That is literally their best road win. So thumbs up from the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Yep. Yeah, it was fun. Fun challenge all around. Definitely enjoyed that. Um, There's a game that happened in London. I'm sure you guys know about. We talked about it. Kentucky versus Mich- Michigan. In London, Kentucky or London, England? Uh, London, UK. Let me. You could decide which one it is. <laughs> My wife's like the UK is playing, or UK is playing in the UK. Wow, you never see that. But I got a really hot take about it. That kind of sucked. Like energy was not great there. You know, just no one cares about London, college basketball in London, especially during the World Cup. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know, like I, I just feel like obviously the timing was it was supposed to be last year, but because of COVID and everything like that, it was just different. And also having it on Sunday at one o'clock when you're rivaling the NFL as it's heating up towards the playoffs didn't help either. Uh, that should have been a Saturday night marquee matchup, but obviously at night it's like three a.m. over there, so they had to have it during the middle of the game or middle of the day. But yeah. still, put it on, you know, like put it on more of a you know, other other day than Sunday, in my opinion. Yeah. But, I mean, it's going up right against the start of the NFL slate. Yeah, yeah, literally the start. Like I had one channel, like I had one TV with Red Zone, the other one with the UK game. So um, it just didn't, didn't, wasn't great overall. But you know, it's okay. They're probably not going to do that a whole, whole lot. And next year, it's going to be—is it at Michigan next year or at Rupp? Do we know? Ooh, I don't know. I'll look it up while you keep going. Yeah. Um, overall, it was, a, it was a fun game. We'll talk about it a little bit more, but. Um, had definitely the feel of the Michigan State Kentucky game. You know, like they could never quite put them away. Uh, those couple of late missed free throws by Wheeler and Wallace didn't didn't help the situation at all. Kind of gave me a little PTSD, but at the you know they end up pulling it out and uh, you know just all around good game for them. Uh, Michigan played a heck of a game too. I, I was saying in our group chat, you know, you have to give props to Howard for go at just making that switch to zone every once in a while to throw off some of these, you know, they get into a rhythm and throw zone at them and they just could, they didn't know what to do. I mean, when you have, when you have people just forcing bad baseline jumpers, mid range jumpers, like that's, that's a good sign. So, um, 
you know, shout out to Michigan for making a good game of it. They had two close losses in the last week against top 10 teams or well, top 25 teams. We'll just say that. Um, that's, that's a good week if you're a Michigan fan. I mean, obviously it would have been better with wins, but can't be too upset after losing to Virginia and Kentucky on the week. So, um, don't be too sad about it. Is all I'm saying. But what what did you find out? Is it at Rupp or at uh, at in Ann Arbor? I don't know, man. I can't find it. Google might not, not have announced it yet. I know it was like announced that they're going to do a home and home, but the details would follow later. I would venture to say it's probably in Ann Arbor first. It looks like it was supposed to be when they announced it in like 2020. It was supposed to be yeah. the next game was going to be in Ann Arbor, and then Lexington the next year. So. It's probably probably the same concept that they're doing, especially with Gonzaga coming to Rep Arena next year. They'll probably have a big away yeah, game for it. Yep. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on to last week's review. So I told you so. Games that we seemed irrationally confident about. Dal, what'd you tell us? I told us uh, Rutgers was going to beat Indiana, and uh, I think that one of the big things that was behind that is just the power of the home advantage at Jersey Mike's Arena, which I messed up and said was last last year. Uh, exactly. It is a sub above. And <laughs> Rutgers might be not great on the road, but, boy, when they get a Big Ten team at home, especially Indiana, they really like to win that game. Yeah. So, was excited about that one. Good home you? court advantage for the Scarlet yeah. Knights. Yeah. Now, you called that one for sure. I didn't see that one coming. If I thought Indiana was going to lose last week, it would be to uh, – to UNC, which did you see the James Rose video for UMC, UNC losing the what happened? He goes, how do you lose to India Hoosiers? And all the comments on the TikTok were India Hoosiers. It was fantastic. But um, I was pretty confident, and I told you guys, Utah over Arizona. At first, I wasn't confident. But the more I watched or looked at the scouting report, the more I like Utah's chances and it just happened to work out in that favor. Let me pull up the stats on that game. Um, Utah, they, so Utah actually had more rebound or more turnovers than um, Arizona. But in the first half, I think Arizona had 10 turnovers where Utah had like four. So they won the first half for sure, the turnover battle. Also, Arizona is supposed to be a really good three-point shooting team, and they are. That's how good Utah's uh, defense is. They held Arizona to 14% from three. So not good. Yeah, when when is going zero for five from three, that's that's you're not going to win a lot of games if you're Arizona. Yeah, yeah. So um, overall, tough game for Arizona. And at first, it looked like they were making a comeback a little bit. Yeah, you know, they came out hot in the second half, but then Utah just shut them down again. Just kept on shutting them down. Largest yeah, about, the, about like the twelve minute timeout. It looks like they kind of got it pretty close, and then yeah, just lost it yeah. from there. Yeah, so not not a great game for Arizona, but it's okay because it's on the road against a conference opponent. So you're not going to win every game, and if you're going to lose, you'd rather lose on the road against a conference opponent. So um, Utah's on the up and up. So let's move on. Humble Pie teams that we were definitely too low on. I'll get. I'll be the first to go. Marquette, I was too low on you, way too low on you, especially because you smoked Baylor by 26. Um, but if you look at their their team this year. They have three losses for a combined 11 points. And the three teams that they've lost to are top 50 teams, one being Purdue, the other one being Mississippi State, and the last one being Wisconsin. Wisconsin's not a great loss, but it was in overtime and it was by three. 
And it was after, I think they were probably like curing a hangover win from Baylor, to be honest. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, losing to Purdue by five, that's the closest game I think Purdue's had all season. On the road, too. Yeah, on the road. And then Mississippi State, that's not a great loss. It's a neutral site loss, though, uh, by three. Uh, it's not a bad loss by any means, but again. Honestly, they're 26 in Ken Palm right now. Yeah. And this is going to be my last call. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Net rankings are dumb when you're Net looking are so dumb. in the beginning of December for something that is meant to be used at the end of March. But regardless, <laughs> Mississippi State right now is fifth in net rankings, which just speaks to how strong their schedule has been, which is really all that net rankings tell you at this point. Yeah. So Mississippi State, not a bad loss. And I think that loss is like kind of like the Notre Dame loss last year for Kentucky that we kept harping. Like that is not as bad as a, of a loss as it seemed like it was at the time. That's going to be yeah. a loss. That they're going to look back and be like, all right, that was like to an actual legitimately really good Mississippi State team. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, overall, like when you look at their scattering port for Marquette, they're looking pretty strong. Uh, they need to work on their tempo a little bit, and their average possession length is fifteen point one, so not not fantastic there. Um, Man, they're playing fast. That's good. I'm big thumbs up on that. I'm okay with playing fast if you're if you're going to be more effective from shooting threes, because I like now playing fast means that you have to be more effective scoring in my opinion from deep, but um, I mean, they're not bad. They're 34.6% from three as a team. So that's not terrible. Not great, but not terrible. So, Uh, but overall just a little bit lower Marquette and we'll talk about them a little bit more, but um, who are you too low on or that you need to, you know, take a bite of humble pie on? Yeah, no, mine is kind of similar to looking at Marquette. Marquette went from 76th preseason in Ken Palm. They're all the way up to 38th. My team started out 56th in Ken Palm and that's all the way up to 20th. Uh, they also, oh, I guess kind of unlike Marquette, their big top 40 games that they have played, they have won, and that's Maryland. They have three top 40 wins. Um, they're elite at finishing inside the arc. Julian Reese is shooting 77% from two right now. Uh, which is, let me check the numbers real quick, really, really good. Uh, and they don't turn the ball over, which is great. So um, definitely in a in a Big Ten that was kind of, I mean, there's a lot of Big Ten teams that you can kind of go, all right, well, they're in the same tier. I think we had Maryland a tier too low this year because um, they have really, they've really impressed uh, over the course of the the early season. Yeah, Definitely. All right, I've got my eye on you. Teams that are struggling to play to their expectations. Who do you got your eye on, Dal? Sadly, shout out to my buddy Paul, who is uh, the only Wyoming fan that I know. He probably is like one of five that exist. Uh, but right now, Wyoming is three and five, and that's not great. Only one truly bad loss. They lost to Southeast Louisiana, which is a horrible loss. The other ones are like at least teams that are around the top 100. That's not super bad. But they have played eight games this year, and I'm sure you've looked at my notes, so this question is not going to be a surprise. But guess how many of their players have played in all eight of their games? Uh, I don't think a single player has played in all eight zero. games. Zero. <laughs> guess how many players has, have even played in, all, in seven of their eight games? In seven of their eight games? Uh, say like three? Also zero. They they're, wow. <laughs> they're, their top game person has. They have a bunch of people that have played in six of their games. Wow. Uh, Graham Ek 
is completely missing, hasn't played at all. And Hunter Maldonado has missed two games. They're two best players from last year. So they were supposed to bring in a lot of continuity and have not gotten that continuity. Um, I still think they're a much better team once they get those two guys back. But when you're looking to build a resume, especially for a team like Wyoming that isn't in the greatest conference, you need to build that resume in the non-conference and they have not done that. So that's not fun. That sucks. It sucks, especially for you because you had Hunter Maldonado in your. We don't even talk about it. Yeah. Uh, the team I've got my eye on, and this is probably long overdue, but it's UNC. And if we're being honest, you know, we're, like the whole point of this thing is that teams are struggling to play to their expectations. UNC's expectations should have never been this high to begin with. Yep. But it but is what it is. But they were. Yeah. So the fact remains that this is who UNC is, and this is who they were last year. And they got really hot, and they had some favorable matchups. And they they called Duke's bluff on guard play, I think is what happened. But UNC is one of the worst three-point three shooting teams in the nation, and they aren't even creating turnovers on defense. So as bad as they are at shooting threes, it's as bad as they are – at creating turnovers on defense. So if you're not scoring threes and you're not getting the ball to give your offense more opportunities to score, then you're not going to win a lot of games. Uh, but they're 29.2% from three as a team, and they're 310th in the nation in turnover percentage on, on defense. So it's just overall not great. Not great at all. <laughs> not um, great, Bob. Yeah, not great, Bob. They've lost four straight. They started their highest rank was nine. They've only continued to drop. I think they went up one after a win against freaking James Madison. And yeah, that's it. They went, they dropped, they dropped from 18 to 17 um, after a win against James Madison in the Portland game. Then they lost to Iowa State, lost to Alabama, lost to Indiana, and then lost Virginia Tech. Um, looking at them now. They have two games that they can steal wins against Georgia Tech and the Citadel. I don't like them in the Ohio State matchup. I don't like them in the Michigan matchup. I like them in the Pittsburgh matchup. So, like, the non-conference is not looking fantastic for them. Um, but we'll see. Uh, this is just a tough, tough season for Tar Heels. And I think it's because you overplayed your expectations last season. And this is what you get for being good for a month. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's move on. What happened? Teams that got upset, according to Ken Palm, top 50 teams. I'll start out. AP poll, number six, Baylor, lost to Ken Palm, ranking number 58, Marquette, 96 to 70. Bears, what happened? Take the next one. I'm trying to look at actually what did happen. Uh, Marquette shot 48% from three. That's what happened. That'll do it. Yeah. And only turn the ball over nine times. Good for you, Marquette. Um, ooh, next one. My favorite one of the day. <laughs> number 38, Wisconsin. Lost at home to number 76, Wake Forest Demon Deacons. We won't talk about what happened later for the Demon Deacons because they got their ass kicked in the second half by Clemson. But for this game, Wisconsin, what happened? <laughs> Ken Palm, number 30, Michigan State. Lost to number 77, Notre Dame. 70 to 52. Uh, not a good game for Mi Michigan State. Spartans, what happened? They got beat, is what happened. Start to finish, too. 
Start to finish. Wasn't even close. We've already talked about this game, and I'm mad because it contributed to my horrendous score versus you last week in uh, head-to-head games. But number four, Arizona, lost to number 63, Utah. We already talked about what happened because they did not hit threes. But Arizona, again, just what happened. Ken Palm, number 49, NC State, lost to number 92, Pitt, 68-60. to To Craven Smith. Wolfpack, what happened? Not a good way to start the ACC play for the Wolfpack. Although, it is kind of funny when the Wolfpack do this. So, oh, damn. Jamarius Burton had 24. That'll do. Yeah, that'll do. Um, A game that I called, number 10, Indiana. (laughs) Lost, number 38, Rutgers. Again, the what happened is the power of Judge Mike Serena, baby. Uh, Hoosiers, India Hoosiers. What India happened? India Hoosiers, what happened? Uh, <laughs> 63 to 48. Um, number 46, Texas A&M lost to number 70, Boise State, 86 to 71. Aggies, what happened? What actually did happen in this? They're supposed to be good this year. Didn't even watch it, to be honest with you. They lost to Colorado and Murray State, too. Yep. Weird year for for Texas A&M. Is Buzz Williams on the hot seat? Buzz Williams and Jimbo Fisher should just switch. And Buzz (laughs) should coach the football team, and Jimbo can coach the basketball team. (laughs) Um, Number 34, Michigan State, making their second appearance on this list. Not a great week for... The old Spartan. You live in Michigan. If you honestly, if you live in Michigan, it's not a great week to be in Michigan. True, your teams did not do well. You can't even like revel in the other team. Like I guess you can revel in the other team doing poorly. Yeah. So that's that's your only level of solace. Yeah. Uh, but Michigan State lost to number seventy-five Northwestern, seventy to sixty-three. Not a great way to start Big Ten play if you are the Michigan State Spartans. Michigan State. Tom Izzo, what happened? Nope. AP poll, number seven, Creighton Blue Jays lost to number 95, Nebraska Cornhuskers, 63 to 53. I don't, I didn't, I didn't, I was telling Dow earlier off camera, I don't know what happened in this game. Like, I didn't even see it. I feel like no one was talking about it. I'm checking the scores and seeing who got upset, and I see Creighton down there. And it's like Ken Palm tried to hide it, too. It's further down the list. (laughs) Like, I didn't even see it. So, um, nobody wants us to know what happened. But Blue Jays, what happened? What happened is they got beat 27 to 20 in the final 10 minutes of that game. It's not great. Not great, Bob. Not great. So this, let's move this, on. They should not have lost this game. No, it makes <laughs> no sense. score looks horrible, too. It makes no sense. Now, Sam Greasel, way to go. Way to go, boss. Had 18, 12, and 7. It's not a bad day in the office. No. All right, let's move on. Let's do it. Time for the Shark Tank upsets, where we decide to pitch an upset. Has to be by ranking and by the line, the betting line that we've established is. Um, And, yeah, so you could either buy a pint, a case, a pony keg, or a real-size keg. And, yeah, make a good pitch. Here we go. What do you got for me today, Dal? Today, I am pitching Loyola Chicago 
and the Fighting Sister Jeans to take down Clemson. So before I get, I will say Clemson 54th in Ken Palm, Loyola Chicago 140th. So this is a pretty big upset. Um, but I really love that one Loyola's big struggle this year has been turning the ball over, but Clemson doesn't take advantage of turnovers and they don't force a ton. So Clemson is not set up to really fully take advantage of that weakness from Loyola. Clemson, as we saw in the Wake Forest game, PJ Hall, um, they have a couple other like big men. Hunter Tyson uh, is is solid. Ben Middlebrooks had a really good game against Wake randomly. Um, they have size, but Loyola has the size to hang with them in the front court. And Loyola is really, really good at finishing at the rim. They they shoot fifty eight percent from two, so they should be able to get inside and kind of at least be able to bully uh, Clemson a little bit. Plus, they have a super deep bench. This is a neutral site game in Atlanta, so Clemson won't be getting a home whistle. So if they can kind of get some Clemson players in foul trouble, that would be really helpful. And even if they get in foul trouble, they have the depth to handle that. So that is why I have Clemson losing to Loyola Chicago. What you think? Um, so looking at the Ken Palm matchup here, Clemson's offense looks really good other than their offensive rebound. They're not great, the mm-hmm. 318th. Um, their defense is just kind of average. They, I think what you see from their defense is some of the cupcake games that they've just – teams that they've played that haven't shot well against them because it's not like they're forcing a lot of turnovers and they aren't, you know, getting a lot of blocks or steals. So that tells me that they're winning because teams are missing less than they are creating havoc on defense. Um, so I like that for Loyola Chicago. However, Loyola Chicago's offense has a lot of red in that. Uh, mainly, it's, it's steal and turnover percentage, which is something the, that the two Clemson darkest doesn't... ones. Two darkest ones, correct? But that three point percentage isn't great, thirty point nine percent. But if you look at it, they're not. They don't rely on it in the point distribution a whole lot, so that helps them out there. The fact that they're eighteenth in two point percentage helps. Um. I will also add. I will also add one thing on Clemson. So there are three top shooters: Chase Hunter, um, PJ Hall, and Hunter Tyson. Hunter Tyson shooting forty-four percent this year is a career thirty-four percent, thirty-five percent three-point shooter. PJ Hall shooting thirty-eight percent this year is a career twenty-nine percent three-point shooter. And Chase Hunter shooting fifty-one percent this year is a career thirty-three percent three-point shooter. So unless you believe that they have like significantly improved their three-point percentage, that Clemson's ability to shoot three is due to regress to the mean at some point. Um, I think I'm going to buy some, I'm going to buy a pint on this. <sighs> Come on. And yeah, I think I'm going to buy a pint on it. Mainly okay. because I don't know. Actually, I'm <laughs> going to buy a case on it. But Let's go. Let's go. Mainly, the main reason I'm going to buy a case on it is because freaking Clemson is not starting P.J. Hall when he's literally their go-to guy. Like, that is the stupidest thing ever. He has been hurt, so I wonder if it's just, like, them trying to get him back from injury. But, yes, agreed. He is this year's Tari Eason. Like, please, gosh. Actually, he, like, play me, please. <laughs> he's going to get drafted, I'm sure. And he's not getting played and he's not starting. Makes no sense. So 
Um, for that reason, they deserve to lose. Give me the what are the what is Louisville Chicago Ramblers Ramb- Rambling uh, Sister Jeans? Yeah, yes, exactly. So I am on Saturday. I'm going to be watching this game. It's at five fifteen. Kansas taking on Missouri in Columbia. Um, here we go. Come it's on. a strength on strength matchup. So the, Kansas is number fourteenth offense, or no, Missouri is number fourteenth offense. Kansas is number fourteenth defense. Uh, but the fact that it go, it's a home game for Mizzou is a huge reason. Um, rivalries go hard, and this is a rivalry, obviously. Um, Missouri has a really, really good offense. And I know we say defense travels, but to beat somebody on the road, you're going to have to have shooting. And I don't know. I feel like in this matchup, I think there there going to be some nerves. It's going to be loud. It's going to be rowdy in Mizzou. And on offense, if you have a really good offense and they know what they're doing, which it seems like they do, uh, they are number three in effective field goal percentage, number two in two-point percentage. Um, they're going to attack Grady Dick all night long when they have the ball. Like they're just going to single him out. They're going to. It's going to be the point that they're going to pull Grady Dick out of the game because he can't contribute on defense. I feel like that's what's going to happen. So I like it. That's my pitch. What do you think? I'm going to buy a pony keg. Uh, you know how many away games Kansas has played this year? Um, Three zero, away right? games. Yes, zero. This is their first one. That plus rivalry game plus SEC officials hopefully giving Mizzou a little bit of a home whistle. Um, Makes me really excited about this game. Uh, also, one thing that does worry me a little bit is Kansas is a good offensive rebounding team, and Mizzou does not do a good job of defensive rebounding. But Mizzou first in steal percentage in the country. So even though they do, they have a subpar defense, they're 118th. Uh, they do turn the ball, turn opponents over really well, um, which I really like. Number one in steals, steal yeah. percentage, crazy. So that plus their ability to really finish at the rim uh, and also shoot it pretty well from three. I really like the um, I really like their their matchup here. Um, like I said, plus the home field home court advantage, I think is a huge help. Yeah. Yeah, when they make like two threes in a row, you know that place is going to be rocking. So yes. swag surf's going to come on and everyone's going to go lose their freaking mind. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about swag surf later. I have a save it for on. last call. Save it for last call. <laughs> I would say on that, but we don't need to talk about it. All right, let's move on. <laughs> NBA fans, the NBA action is just getting started, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any five dollar NBA pregame money line bet and get two hundred dollars in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
All right, it's time for the beer review. So I'm going to go ahead and go first because I'm really excited for this one. And also, I think Dallas is still getting the information about his beer put into this. So it's all good. Um, I went with, it's a left-hand brewing company, single or peanut butter milk stout nitro. So this was in the, like, the single section, uh, bottle section of my liquor store. Um, it is, like I said, left-hand brewing company, which is in Longmont, Colorado. Uh, so this was definitely a twist off, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> it is 6.2% ABV and 20, 25 IBUs and untapped has a 3.96. So you're supposed to pour it on the bottle. Apparently, unless they're trolling me on the bottle, it says to pour it directly upside down in a milk stout glass. Don't have a milk stout glass, but I'm going to pour it directly upside down. Oh yeah. Oh God. Nope. Overflowing. So almost overflowing, uh, featuring the buck cup. You give it a try. And technically, you're supposed to let stout settle a little bit, but little that's, bit, just, yeah. that's just me for next time. Yeah. No, it's not bad. I've had peanut butter milk stouts before, but this one is a little bit more subtle. Less beer flavor, more the peanut butter. Tastes like a Reese's cup a little bit. You know the Justin's Reese's cup or Justin's peanut butter cups? Not Reese's brand, but Justin's no. brand. Why would I ever get those? Well, they sell them at like... Starbucks, I think. You know, they sell them like kind of like, you know, fancier places, whatever you want to call it. Tastes more like those. Not as good as a Reese's, but still gets the job done. So kind of reminds me of that. A little bit darker chocolate. Yep. Yeah. A little bit darker chocolate. Correct. Yep. No, not bad at all. I enjoy it. Definitely something that would probably want to have it, you know, like when it's colder outside, obviously, like we've talked about. But also would be good with like a little piece of pie. Wouldn't be too bad. You know, so yeah. A little dessert so, beer? A little dessert beer, yeah. Um, the only thing is I don't I wouldn't like it's not crushable at all. So no. um this is like a one off kind of beer that you have every once in a while. Just like with basketball, there's teams that have one of those wins every once in a while. So let me just go ahead and say Colorado because you get one of those wins every once in a while this season. So, yeah, Colorado, you are the peanut butter milk stout because it's also brewed in Colorado, so it only makes sense. This is a very so, yeah, Colorado-themed they- episode. Um, also, if, if you're their football team, you literally do just get one win at, in a while because yeah, that's how they won this year. Um, yeah. No, I say this is a Colorado-themed episode. My beer is from Colorado. I'm in Colorado currently. Uh, so big-time Colorado vibes on uh, the show. My beer is brewed in Denver, Colorado. It's uh, Station 26 Brewing. It's their Tangerine Cream Ale. It's tangerine and vanilla bean. The little uh, description says sunshine in a glass. Uh, it's supposed to taste like a cream soda. I had one of them yesterday, so this isn't... I mean, new, but pretty good. It is a little bit more orangey, like tangerine than I'd have expected. I wish there was a little bit more vanilla, but I also love vanilla, so that's just me. Vanilla um, it's pretty good, though. It's 5.2%, so it's like kind of strong, actually, for how kind of like fruity, sugary it tastes. 15, 15 IBU, the 3.83 on untapped. Um, Oh, no, this is pretty good. Um, if I'm going to compare it to 
basketball, I would say, let's go with like, let's go with like Iowa State. Good, but if they just had like a little bit more sweetness on offense, they would be even better. And I think that's kind of how this beer is too. That's a good comparison. It's a great comparison, actually. We killed it in the comparisons today. Let's go. <laughs> All right, let's move on. It's time for the throwdown games. This is where we look at the upcoming matchups that we think are going to be really fun. Uh, each day, we'll try to go through some. Uh, just a fair warning tonight. This is Monday as we record. Monday and Thursday have, like, no games at all. It's a terrible matchup, so we're not even talking about those days. Uh, but let's talk about last week's results. I came back with a whopping 13. 13 out of 21 correct picks. 13, baby. That's what happened. Um, and, Dal, you had 9 out of 21. So I struck back, man. We're, we're now tied on the year with two two weeks or one week each. Yeah. But yeah, let's go. Let's talk Thursday, Tuesday game. So number twenty-one Iowa takes on number seventeen Duke at nine thirty p.m. in Madison Square Garden. Ken Palm's projecting seventy-four to seventy-three victory for Duke with a fifty-three percent confidence rate. What do you think, Dell? So they're going to clean up on the offensive glass. Also, Iowa is has point zero zero point zero percentage points of two foul participation, <laughs> which is horrendous and means that I can never pick them again. So yeah. We know how you feel, how strongly you feel about that. Yeah. Um, I'm going with Iowa. If Duke's offense wasn't so dependent on second chance points, I would probably like them a lot more. Uh, but if that means, if to stop them means that you just attack the glass more, then I don't like that. Uh, like, if you have to make them score on their first possession, like on their first time or first shot, don't love that for Duke. So um, give me Iowa in this one. Number 18, Illinois, takes on number two, Texas, earlier in that day, 7 p.m. in Madison Square Garden. Ken Palm's predicting 73, victory, 73 to 68 victory for Texas with 68% confidence rate. I'm going Texas. Illinois is far too inconsistent offensively. Texas' defense is their best factor of play. What do you think? Yeah, I get Texas as well. Um, Texas does a really good job of turning opponents over, and Illinois has struggled with that. Texas also knows how to defend Terrence Shannon, who has been the best player for Illinois this year. They obviously have a familiarity with him from when he was at uh, Texas Tech. So, honestly, he was probably a Chris Beard recruit. So, not just, yeah. like, they have played him before, but, like, that coach knows him. Yeah. Um, so, that plus, if this was at Illinois, like, maybe, but in MSG, Texas already played in a bunch of big games this year. I'm Longhorns. Yeah. Horns up. That Horns just up. Because that's down. fun. But. Yeah. Um, number 19, Maryland, is traveling to Madison, Wisconsin, to take on number 42, Wisconsin, 9 p.m., 64 to 63. Victory for Maryland, according to Ken Palm, with a 52% confidence rate. What do you think, Dal? Yeah, I have uh, the Terps in this one. I talked about them earlier, but how I was just too low on them. They're killer inside the arc. They're ninth in uh, two-point percentage, and they do not turn the ball over ever. Uh, I don't think Wisconsin's going to be able to handle them inside, and that's kind of Wisconsin's strength to begin with. So I'm going Von Terps. 
Yeah, I have Maryland, Jameer Young, really good at basketball. And um, I think he's probably best guard in this matchup. So, yeah, can't can't go against them now. And also Wisconsin, like, yeah, I know they beat Marquette, who's a hot team right now, but they lost to Wake and they won, They beat Marquette in overtime and it was a home game for them at overtime. So um, not great for them overall. Give me the Terps. Wednesday, since we're skipping Tuesday because Tuesday games, or no, that was Tuesday games. Um, Wednesday, uh, 12-7. Number four, UConn is traveling to Gainesville to take on number 48, Florida, at 9 9 p.m., so it's a later game. 77-71 to victory for UConn, according to Ken Palm, with a 70% confidence rate. This wasn't on Wednesday night. I would be there probably because I would like to see this UConn team in person. Um, but I'm going UConn. Sonogo, Hawkins, Newton, way too much for Florida. UConn has a length advantage. Florida, I mean, I just don't trust them right now. They've been too up and down. I'm going to go with Florida getting a home whistle here. Uh, Connecticut does not play their guys very often when they get two fouls. Um, They also, I guess they still have a decent bench that they go to, but I like Florida's ability. Plus, Colin Castleton loves to, like, flop and do dumb shit to get foul calls. He gets uh, Sonogo out early, and Florida is able to take advantage of the home home whistle. Um, so I'm going. I'm going Gators here. Number 45, Michigan State is traveling to University Park to take on number 36, Penn State, at 6:30 p.m. 69 to 65 victory for Penn State with a 65% confidence rate. What do you think, Dell? Got Penn State home home game plus they've been super efficient on offense so I like the Nittany Lions. Yeah, I'm going Penn State too. I was trying to like find a way to make it Michigan State, but the more I looked at this matchup, I was like, there's just no freaking way. Um, plus Michigan State just like kind of in a tailspin right now. Like, this, yeah, this would be a great win for them to get back on track. But it, it would be. You're you're right. It would 100 be a great win to get back on track. But but Penn State loves the three ball. I mean, they they shoot. Mm-hmm. They shoot the best percentage from deep and they use a lot of it. Like, like that's like the, like almost 50% of their points come from three. So they're going to hit a lot, a couple early and that place is going to be electric. So yeah. Number 62 Dayton's take traveling to Blacksburg, Virginia, take on number 35, Virginia tech at eight o'clock, 66 to 60 victory for Virginia tech with a 60% confidence rate. I'm going Hokies here. Uh, Dayton turns the ball over way too much. And they don't shoot well from deep. And I can't pick an upset if you struggle with those things, at least with both of those things. If you struggle with only one of them, it's one thing. But um, yeah, I just can't pick an upset if you can't, if you turn the ball over a lot and you don't shoot well from deep. Counterpoint Virginia Tech doesn't really force that many turnovers. So they won't fully take advantage of Dayton's lackadaisical. Uh, nature with the ball. Uh, I'm going Dayton here. They have the length advantage, plus they have the best player. I do love uh, Brazil, but Deron Holmes is the best player here. Plus, they're also really, really, really good at finishing at the rim. I feel like this is a theme of if they were gonna, if you were going to do a theme for my uh, episode today, it's talking about two point percentage. But mm-hmm. uh, they do a really great job at finishing inside the arc. So I'm going Dayton. Plus, what is a hokey anyway? It's a turkey. No, that's their mascot, but that's not what it is. I don't know. Um, also, you brought up that Virginia Tech doesn't force a lot of turnovers. However, comma, Dayton is 317th in the nation in non-steal turnover percentage. Yeah. Meaning, 
they turn the ball over a lot without it being stolen. But so, those turnovers aren't those turnovers only hurt the offense. They don't help the other team's offense. So I'm less worried about them. I mean, I think it helps the other team's offense get the ball in their hand, but neither here. Well, nor yeah, there. but like it doesn't give you like <laughs> transition opportunities. I mean, it gives you more possessions as an offense, but it yeah. doesn't actually yeah. give you easier possessions. You just correct. Have to but you get more possessions, and I think whoever has more possessions typically ends up winning. So either way, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you just <laughs> take this L in this game. <laughs> I'm going to be watching this one. We're watching this one like a freaking hokey hawk uh, over here. So. I want to be your "Told You So" game next week. Uh, <laughs> I mean, my "I Told You So" game. No, that's what I'm saying. No. I'm sorry, I can't wait for it to be yours. I you're saying like I can't wait for it to be mine. Like you're gonna say you're gonna call nope. it. Um, Thursday, <laughs> Thursday, December eighth, number thirty, Rutgers takes on number twenty, Ohio State at seven p.m. in Columbus, Ohio. Seventy-one to sixty-six victory for Ohio State. Sixty-eight percent confidence rate. So this game isn't happening in New Jersey, uh, so I'm going Ohio State here. Um, their defense is better than Rutgers' offense. It's a home game for Ohio State, and they, they're they probably still pissed off that they lost that game against Duke at home last or on the road last week, so they need to they need a good win. This is an opportunity to get a good win against a, a, a under-the-radar good Rutgers team. Things that travel, defense. Things that don't travel, the magic of Jersey Mike's arena. Uh, <laughs> sadly, this is in Columbus, so I'm going Ohio State as well. All right, number 40, Iowa State is traveling to Iowa City to take on number 21, Iowa, 8 p.m., uh, 73 to 67 victory for Iowa, according to Ken Palm, six, uh, with a 73% confidence rate. What do you think? I got the Hawkeyes here. Um, I would love to take Iowa State, but I like the home game aspect of it, plus the offense is just too efficient on Iowa's side. Iowa State fouls a ton, which I don't love. Iowa State shoot, or Iowa shoots a pretty good percentage from the free throw line as well. So they should be able to take advantage of that. Uh, I'm going Hawkeyes here. Yeah, and in-state rivalry, I think the home team always has advantage in those. And then Iowa State's offense, like you mentioned in your beer review, they need a little bit more sweetness. They need something to make them go. It's hard to pitch an upset when they don't have that good of a offense to begin with. I think the only reason I pitched their upset against Villanova earlier in the season is because that's how bad Villanova's defense is. And uh, Iowa State's defense is pretty good, but Iowa's a much better offense than Iowa State's defense. So I like that for Iowa. So give me the Hawkeyes. All right, Saturday we have a loaded slate of games. We're skipping Friday because Friday sucks. Um, Saturday has a bunch of games. So we're going to talk about all of them, and it's going to be a good time, but we're going to have to kind of be quick about it because we went way too long in last week's episode. Yeah, so Saturday, December 10th, number 16, Arizona is traveling to Las Vegas, Nevada, to take on number 10, Indiana, at 7.30 p.m., 80-79 to 79 victory, uh, victory for IU with the 53% confidence rate, but it's in the desert, and I'm going with Arizona for that reason, and I like the length matchup for Arizona here. Agreed. I think they uh, can neutralize IU's front court a little bit, and I like their backcourt to win that matchup as well, so I'm going Arizona. Yeah. Um, number 25, Memphis, is traveling to Atlanta, Georgia, to take on number 14, Auburn, 5 p.m., 67 to 65, victory for Auburn with a 58% confidence rate. What do you think? Uh, let's go Auburn here. They have two guys in the top five in block percentage, which is nuts. Their bigs are just too good, I think, for Memphis, even though I like Memphis' guards and Kendrick Davis a little bit more. Uh, but I think the bigs are just 
too big of a like a gap between these two teams. Yeah, um, I do like the guards more for Memphis, but like you said, um, the bigs, the I think the depth and the length for Auburn gives them the advantage here, and it's basically a home game for Auburn here. I, I feel like it's closer Atlanta. Auburn's closer to Atlanta than Memphis is to Atlanta, so True. that helps them. And then Bruce Pearl thrives in these gritty, grinded out games. That's what this one's going to be. Um, just like it's going to be similar, I think, to the St. Louis game, if being honest. So go back and watch that one for Auburn. It's going to be just like that. Katie Johnson's going to have some stupid shot, do that stupid little penguin face. And yeah, so. uh, number 23, San Diego State is going to Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, to take on number 27, St. Mary's at 3 p.m. Uh, 64 to 63 victory for South uh, San Diego State with a 52% confidence rate. Are you just finding out this game is in Arizona? No, it's just okay. dumb in Arizona. Like yeah. both, both teams flying from somewhere in California to Arizona, dumb. <laughs> uh, I'm going St. Mary's though. They again broken record, elite two point percentage. Uh, they're seventh in the country in that, and they shoot six and a half percent better from three. I know San Diego State's defense is really good, but I like St. Mary's in this game. Yeah, San Diego State has the edge and experience and bench minutes. I think they have the better offense here. Um, it's more spread out, so. Give me the Aztecs. Um, number 13, Alabama is going to take on number one, Houston, at 3 p.m. in Houston, Texas. 69-62 to 62 victory for Houston, the 76% confidence rate. I'm going with Houston. Alabama doesn't force enough turnovers, and they turn over the ball a lot. Uh, way too much to upset the number one team in the nation on the road. Can't do it. I like that. Also, Houston's defense is just too good, and – there will like Bama will super struggle to finish at the rim because of how Houston's defense is set up here. Uh, you kind of have to be able to do that for Alabama to be able to then set up the three. And yeah. if you can't put any pressure on the rim, then your offense is kind of it's like establishing the run in football. Uh, yeah. So let's go Houston here. Number eleven Arkansas traveling to Tulsa to take on number thirty-two Oklahoma one p.m. in Tulsa, which is so it's not really a home game for uh, for Oklahoma, but. It is what it is. More of a home game than Arkansas. Um, 68 to 64, Arkansas victory, according to Ken Palm, with a 64% confidence rate. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going Arkansas here. Uh, OU doesn't turn over a bunch of teams. Uh, like they're just turnover percentages and great for forced turnovers. And they can't offensive rebound. So I think Arkansas, one, doesn't turn the ball over a ton, which is one thing you would like to do for a young team, and they get some second-chance opportunities. Plus, I just think they have more talent than Oklahoma, so I'm going Razorbacks. Dal, how many uh, road games has Arkansas played this year? I'm going to guess it rhymes with hero. Yep, zero, exactly. So right. this is a young Arkansas team. I think they have a lot of talent. I'm What's not going to deny that. This is only semi-away. This is more of a road game than – it's going to be an Oklahoma home game. Um, Oklahoma has more experience. I think they could get it hot from three at home. Arkansas doesn't defend the three well. Uh, There's going to be a wake-up call for Arkansas for this young team. First road game, um, even though it's, like I said, neutral site, it's more of a road game than anything. If you look at Arkansas's thing also, their first home game is or away game is going to be at LSU. Um, but this is a semi-home game for Oklahoma, basically, so. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Sooners here. I think they need this is more of a win they need than Arkansas needs this win. So I think Fanville might be closer to Tulsa than Norman. Is it? It's looking pretty close. Is it? Well, either way, still think still think Sooners are gonna take it. 
sooner. I hardly know her. Uh, number 39, UAB, is traveling to Morgantown to take on number 28, West Virginia. Uh, 79 to se- at 6 p.m. 79 to 74 win for West Virginia with 69% confidence rate. I'm going UAB. First of all, they have somebody with the nickname of Jelly on their team. They can't lose. Uh, similar efficiency in their defenses, so I like that for their matchup. Um, UAB has more experience in playing on the road. Shouldn't be a big factor for them in that regards because they are like one of the oldest teams in the nation. And UAB is also good at getting to the line, and they're very effective from the stripe, and they don't send a lot of teams to the line either. So you you want to get to the line, especially on a upset like on the road. So yeah, give me UAB. Yeah, that free throw percentage, uh, like that, or the free throw just like rate that West Virginia gives up was one of the big things I noticed. And UAB is a team that really likes to score in that way. They love getting to the line. So yeah. I think the way that their their offense matches up with West Virginia's defense uh, is is really strong. So I'm going the Blazers as well. Yeah. Last game we'll talk about for Saturday. Number 31 Xavier is traveling to Cincinnati. Take on number 69 Cincinnati. 3 p.m., 78 to 76 victory for Xavier with a 57% confidence rate. What do you think, Dal? Really wanted to go Cincinnati here because they're 69 in the country. Nice. Nice. But, again, kind of same thing to the UAB game. Xavier scores in the same way Cincinnati gives up points. So I like Xavier here. Yeah, they're more effective offensively. Since he hasn't proven that they could get any stops, multiple stops defensively and then score at the same time. Um, and then it's time for me to admit that Sean Miller is actually a good coach, despite being a dirtbag. Um, yep. So it is what it is. All right, Sunday, December 11th, number three, Tennessee is traveling to Brooklyn to take on number 19, Maryland, 4.30 p.m., 68 to 63, victory for Tennessee with a 66% confidence rate. I'm going Tennessee. Despite the loss to Colorado, I think UT has too much talent to lose to Maryland here. Even though we are very high on Maryland, I'm very high on Maryland. I like Jameer Young. Um, but this is going to be one of those games that I think Tennessee needs more. And then um, Maryland just, you know, like they've been winning too much. They need to be probably humbled a little bit here and find out what they need to work on. So, Yeah, they don't take advantage of turnovers like they should. And Tennessee's defense is just suffocating right now. So I'm going yeah. Tennessee as well. Yeah. Number 34, Oklahoma State is traveling to Brooklyn at 2 p.m. to take on number 35, Virginia Tech. Um, 70 to 69 percent or 70 to 69 victory for Oklahoma State with a 50 percent confidence rate. What do you think, Dal? We got Virginia Tech in this. They have the better offense. They also don't turn the ball over that often. Graham Brazil, who I mentioned earlier, I think is the best player in this game. So let's go Hokies, despite me kind of talking down to them earlier. <laughs> uh, actually going to go OK State here. I think this is a strength-on-strength strength matchup and defense travels. Uh, this is the neutral site game for both of them. So if I like their opportunity to get stops and Virginia Tech to kind of slow down offensively because of that strength, then I think, you know, the more the team that gets the ball more is going to win. And when your defense travels and you can get multiple stops, then there you go. Uh, give, me, give me the Cowboys here. Go Pokes. Number 38, Marquette. Traveling to South Bend to take on number 73, Notre Dame at 4 o'clock, 72 to 71. Victory for Marquette with a 51% confidence rate. I'm going Marquette. They faced better offenses and defenses, for example, Baylor, um, and they blew them out. And if they get up for this game, it shouldn't be close. It's just a matter of getting up for this game. Sometimes this is a sneaky game for them. So. I like uh I like Notre Dame at home. I almost picked this as my upset, uh, my Shark Tank upset. Actually, it's a home game. They don't turn the ball over. 
Also, they are great at defensive rebounding, so no second chance points for Marquette. And they Marquette is one of the least experienced teams in college basketball this year, and Notre Dame is one of the most experienced. So I like that, plus the the road game aspect to lean very much towards the experience at home. So I'm going Notre Dame. Fair enough. All right, let's move on. All right, Dad, you've teased a couple of last calls. What are you actually going to use for your last call today? It's going to be the net ranking stuff. I know that I understand why, one, places are, like, reporting on it because we've gotten our first net rankings uh, kind of, like, release for this year. But it's the same way I feel about looking at, like, the college football poll when it comes out, like, at the beginning of – like you're in the middle of the season. It's like, this is specifically only for something that happens at the end of the season. So sure. There are learnings you can take from the net rankings that have come out. It's a good indication of current strength of schedule is really the only one, but anything that you can get from the net rankings, you can have already have gotten from other, like either looking on Ken Palm, looking at just their schedule in general, the net rankings are dumb until the middle slash end of March. And that's when they start mattering. So maybe don't get bent out of shape, especially if you're a power five team that is like super low because your strength of schedule gets way better towards the end because you start playing conference games. So it's dumb and do net rankings. Yeah, no, it's absolutely stupid, but you know, like I understand why people get bent out of shape for it especially casuals. Um, that's how I feel about the AP poll, to be honest yeah, with you. Like AP literally like the most casual people want, like vote in the AP poll. So it's like, it's really dumb. Um, but rankings at this point in the season don't matter. Just keep winning. <laughs> that's, the, that's the biggest thing. Like you just want yeah. your team to win. And uh, yeah, no net rankings. Like if you are going to pay attention to them, that's fine. Like if you're going to pay attention to rankings, like it makes more sense for you to pay attention to net rankings than it does for you to pay attention to like AP poll or whatever, but you don't need to at this point in the season. You are hundred no. percent correct in that. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't, I'm trying to think of my last call. I don't really have anything that's like bothering me other than, you know, like stop giving Deion Sanders crap for taking people's, his quote, like out of context. Like if you listen to the whole thing, like it makes sense what he's saying. He's like, basically if you're scared of competition, like go ahead and leave. Is what it basically said, but it's, you a know, little bit of a, it's a little bit of a strong statement to come in, like it with is. your first meeting with the team, and be like, "Hey, a lot of you all suck and shouldn't be here." But but they also wrong. won one game, so he's, yeah, he's like wrong. it's just the approach is seems kind of questionable. Yeah, I I definitely get that. Um, I don't know. Just trying to think of you know just. Uh, this part of actually here's my here's my thing. This part of the season is like a lull and it sucks for college basketball. You have feast week and it's really fun, but then like towards the end of the non conference, it kind of like lulls a little bit. You have like one good game a week, it seems like, maybe like at most three. But overall, like the matchups start getting they start like scheduling some cupcakes to get ready for the conference, um, for the conference game. So uh you know, like every once in a while there'll be a good game, but overall this part of the season is just not great for matchups overall. So um, I'm just going through like 18 games for this week. I'm thinking of like personally as a fan, ah, like okay. especially for, yeah, like as Kentucky fan and UCF fan, but as a Kentucky fan, 
Like we have one good game left on the season um, or the non-conference, uh, which is UCLA. And then after that, it's like, I mean, you like LSU or not LSU. If Louisville wasn't. Louisville no, is, yeah. <laughs> they weren't the worst team in college basketball, then they would be. Speaking of net rankings, 361st, that sucks. But okay, That's the only time that it makes sense, and it's to make fun of your rival when they are bad. That's yeah. the one use for net rankings at this point. Yeah, so as a Kentucky fan, like, you just got to power through um, and look sure. and – also, like bowl games and stuff, like they should really schedule these rivalry games when they're not at an opportunity to play during a bowl. Yeah, having to watch both Kentucky games, like football and basketball, at the same time is going to suck. Uh, but um, on that point, though, use this time to branch out and watch other teams. If there's a team yes. that you that we've talked about, go watch. Go watch a Creighton game. I know they've lost three in a row, but go watch a Creighton game. They're a lot of fun. Go watch a Texas game. Go just. Go through the top 20, 25 in Ken Palm. Pick a couple games that we talk about on this every every week and watch games outside of your your team because you do end up learning a lot about college basketball. Plus, with transfer portal stuff, you might watch a game and then next year they might be on your team because yeah. <laughs> they transfer. So, 100% why a lot of the games I watch is like, oh, who's going to enter the portal after the season? Like, yeah. who do I want to enter the portal after the season? So, yeah, definitely do that. Do that for sure. Um, and then also go follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Beers and Buckets Pod and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And while you're there, like, rate, leave a review, share this episode with your friends. That'd be great. And uh, check out the Basketball Podcast Network for more t- shows on like this one. You can find us on Twitter. You can find them on Instagram. You can find them pretty much anywhere. So, yeah, this has been a really fun episode. What do you think, Dal? Anything else as you as we depart? If you all have any thoughts on what we should talk about NBA-wise, NBA-wise, college basketball-wise, let us know. Yeah, definitely. We want to hear what you guys want to hear. If you're an NBA casual and you just want to keep up with the league, we could do that. If you want to go deeper in on some teams, we could get some guests for NBA teams too. Uh, sure. We could definitely make that happen. So let us know, you know, whatever. So, all right. This has been fun. This has been real. It's been real fun. This has been the bottom line. Just kind of said so. Bye. Have a great week. Peace.